Welcome to Saltivation. The Saltivation Show is a podcast series featuring the leading voices in salt, where we talk about the issues and strategies to help you make sense of state and local tax. Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to another quick little uh, tidbit. Judy Vorndren and I, or also known as Boss Lady, as you uh, you may know from the podcast series. And if you're not watching those podcasts, please do check them out on saltovation.com. But uh, anyway, we were just talking about a client issue that related to Chicago. And as uh, some of you may or may not be aware, uh, Chicago has this interesting personal property lease transaction tax, the PPLTT, that does reach a certain cloud services like SaaS. We had a client who we were evaluating Nexus for, and this uh, Chicago information bulletin came up in conversation. It was issued in January uh, of this year that addresses the the Wayfair threshold for Chicago purposes. Now, you know, we I, I think you know just to kind of reiterate, we we commend Chicago for issuing this. It's nice to actually have a local jurisdiction give clear guidance on 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 something like this. Uh, most locals are not known to take a proactive step like this. But you know, it's uh it's interesting because while it's guidance, the way that they phrase their their safe harbor is actually in the negative. And that's I think the point that that is most interesting to me. The information bulletin basically goes through the uh, the Wayfair threshold. It goes through the analysis of of the case. It goes through the analysis of the Illinois law, which uh, follows the standard, you know, 100,000 of sales, 200 transactions. And then they discuss how state law has the ability to preempt their home rule authority, but does not in this case. Uh, So they feel free to kind of operate within, you know, as, as far as they need to um, in creating a standard of their own. And they chose to do a 100,000 safe harbor. But again, the way that they word it is in the negative. So they say, if you are under $100,000 and they don't have a transactional threshold, they're only using the 100,000 of sales, then you're considered a small seller and you are within the safe harbor. And their enforcement date for the safe harbor is July 1st. But what I think this means, if you kind of read between the lines, is that if you're not a small seller, if you're not within a safe harbor and you're over the $100,000 threshold, then you default to the state's enforcement date, which is back in October of 2018, if I remember correctly. So, and then it's going to be a case-by-case analysis. I don't know if this is on purpose. I I certainly don't want to accuse Chicago of anything here, but it seems like this might be a trap for the unwary. You have this July 1st effective date for the safe harbor, but if you were already above the safe harbor, it's possible that you know you might be held to a Wayfair standard dating back to 2018. So I don't know, Judy, if, if you have any comments on that. Um, just you know, I, I think we just need to make our clients aware um, and the general public aware that 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 this July 1st enforcement date may not mean what it first seems to elude that it means. Right. If that makes any sense. Well, and it's also interesting that they've even taken a Wayfair stance, you know, at yeah. a city level. Now, mind you, you know, they're really not a little city. There's 2.7 million people who live in the city of Chicago. So it is a pretty populous city. In fact, it's probably more populous than a few states in America. So you can appreciate the weight of their legal enforcement of tax laws and that they have a tremendous amount of humans that they need to support with infrastructure yeah. and so forth. So they need the taxes. I also think the 100000 is always an interesting thing that you would consider that a small seller because, I mean, some companies could sell 100000 one t- 
lifetime sale and it would be the only sale they had into the jurisdiction. And then other people could be selling a lot of like hair ties and that exceeds threshold because they have, you know, the transaction count. But needless to say, a hundred thousand, I would argue, is not a really de minimis amount of money if you can get volume, if you can get recurring and so on and so forth. So but the fact that it could have a retroactive effect on your registration, I think it's just what, like you said, it's a trap, but it's also what I think a lot of people misapprehend about registrations in general. They throw them out there, they fill them out, they get it done because they don't want to, they want to move forward, they don't want to look at the past. But then what happens is the government can look at the past. And so they know what day you started because you put that on your application and the numbers on, then the date is on there. And so they know. Like, if you didn't do it on time, then you're late. So it's hard to know what what Chicago's going to do about retroactive enforcement. It's never, no one's ever a fan of that. But I've certainly seen it in my career where governments have come in and we thought we were fine and we had a statute of limitations argument and that argument didn't hold up. And at yeah. some point, what happens is you kind of get extorted, right? Like, the money at stake is not enough to go to court. I mean, if you have something that's 50000 or less in liability, you're not going to court, you know? So you can yeah, be upset about it all you want. It'll cost more to litigate, yeah. It'll cost more to litigate or the time, you know, of, of it. So, uh, yeah, be, I don't know. I don't know what the pulse is on that at the city level if they're really going to do it. I mean, right now with COVID, thankfully, everybody's sort of been behind the eight ball. But I think they well, should be glad they're getting new registrants, but that may not yeah, be the case. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, and that's, that's interesting because the – the, you know, the the way that they that they mention this in the information bulletin, I can I can, I can read from here is that they say that that the states meeting the state's Wayfair threshold for non-safe harbor companies is only one of the elements that they're going to consider on a case by case basis for Nexus. So you know, then they talk about doing uh, you know uh, evaluating the entities, employees, or other agents, and what their activity is, any kind of other physical presence any directed advertising, you know, basically, you know, they're looking at the, you know, the legal purposeful availment kind of activities. And then in combination of all those factors, they they will evaluate whether they can go back to 2018. Now, obviously, physical presence by itself will put you back even further. Correct. But they're they're kind of lumping it all together into, into a case-by-case purposeful availment type of analysis. So I think what we're hearing is that the city has has taken kind of a reasonable approach to wanting to earn prospective taxpayers, right? So so we don't, you know, we don't know yet how they're going to enforce this, but the way that this is written seems like they can enforce it harshly, whether they will choose to or not is, is not clear. The ordinance, I, I believe, still reads as physical presence nexus, but we've heard of some cases where under audit, they've been enforcing economic nexus even before this information bulletin came out. So, you know, just kind of interesting uh, anecdotes, I, I suppose. Well, you know what I feel, even, I don't know, you know, over the years, Wayfair was this thing, and a lot of people talked to us about Wayfair. And what we end up finding is they already had Nexus. They didn't even, it's not Wayfair that got them over the threshold. Wayfair is just what made them aware they needed right. to do something. But when we really talked to them, they already had Nexus. Physical presence, inventory in the state, inventory, a remote yeah. worker coming in and training, uh, popping in and out for sales calls. 
they already had physical presence nexus. Yeah, or trade show activity or something. Yeah. Economic nexus. So that, I think, is the real trap. And you're seeing that a lot with taxpayers. They want to just pretend like the past didn't exist, move forward, and basically fill out registration forms. But the thing is, that's a legal document signed under penalty of perjury, and a state can record reference it. And we certainly are seeing that in the state of Maine, where they're going back and saying, why didn't you register back in 2018. So why if Chicago, you know, what's probably going to happen is Chicago will do it with a few. Just set a couple examples. So you have to decide if you're willing to do a few because it, it, they'll make a few people that are maybe going to spread the word a little bit more. I mean, it's what I've seen in enforcement. They'll pick a few key players Something and go after them, after them specifically. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard to point. say because governments can always enforce, right? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But anyway, we just wanted to make you all aware of this. I think we have a little more clarity on Nexus now. Uh, so yeah, the next true. next point of analysis for Chicago is sourcing. And yeah. uh, that's that's a whole separate conversation unto itself. But, you know, especially from a SaaS perspective, we encourage you to understand where your uh, customers are actually using the, yep. the software. Because, you know, if your records are based on Bill2, that whole amount should not be sourced to Chicago. Correct. So, and of course, people want to take the time and have to really understand that. But that's usually how you build out the product uh, PO because you're like, all right, how many users are you going to spend buy, or how many people want to use this product? Is this a nationally? We we buy certain licenses for our entire firm, and not everybody sits in the same place. So we should be spreading that out amongst jurisdictions. Sure, we get billed one place, but where we're using, so it's it's everybody understands their business footprint. The yeah. software companies just don't always get that information. Right. Well, thanks, Judy. All right. Thanks, Alex, for setting this up. All right. You got it. Bye. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended, nor should it be relied upon as legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice. You should consult with a competent professional to discuss specifics of your situation and the applicability of the information presented. 